Hello everyone and welcome to the Roma Reads Publishing Podcast where we interview people in the writing and publishing community to get a little bit of insight into this crazy, complicated industry and to hopefully learn from one another to make all our writing journeys just a little bit easier. I'm your host, Lauren Elbury, and joining me today is Sabrina. So Sabrina's an author with three published books under her belt. Uh, with two more that she's working on, um, all while being a um, all while being a stay-at-home mom. So, welcome to the show, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. Not a, not a worry. And um, so, I suppose we should start really with with these books that you've written. Can you tell us about these these books? Can you give us like a little rundown of each one? Sure. Um, the first one is part of a two-part series, um, and there it's basically just a children's picture book that's rhyming and it's kindergarten pre-k that age range and um anyways it's just a fun little picture book mm-hmm. and is that is that with all of them they're they're all little picture little picture books they are yes mm-hmm. oh that's lovely and then i know you mentioned this before but how did you get drawn to the children's genre for everyone listening at home um i've always been such a fan of just reading and arts and I would always tell stories to my kids and they really loved them. So, and of course they'd love their mom's stories, but I felt like they really got excited about it and would giggle and we'd talk about these made up stories all the time. And so when I started working at my kid's school, I found children's books again. And I was like, oh, I just love children's books. And I, I was like, maybe I should try my story. Mm. And then do you, do you illustrate your own your own books as well? Yes, I do. I use um, Procreate, a digital art on my tablet. <clears throat> and um, I tried to find illustrators, and it was super frustrating. I think mostly because, you know, they're not in my head, and they're not seeing what I want to see for my story. So <clears throat> I just found a, a kind soul on YouTube that taught me how to use Procreate, and started doodling, and the rest is history. You know what? The YouTube tutorials truly are just an absolute treasure trove of knowledge. The only reason I know how to use basic Photoshop is because of free YouTube tutorials. So there's a lot to be said to them. And these books, are they all standalone books or are they all sort of connected to one another? My first two are in the series, the Grandma Banana series. Um, The third one I just released, well, hopefully it'll be here by the end of the month. Um... It's more of a classroom tool, working in, in education. I noticed a lot of um, sore losers. <laughs> you know, the kiddos that don't get picked first, and everybody has a turn, mm-hmm. so let's let's get it together. <laughs> and it's called What About Me Yelled Barnaby. And I think a lot of us have Barnaby in us. Like, we want to be first place all the time, but it's not always the case. Aww. And I think it's important to address those uh if kids definitely resonate with that then it's definitely important to address that when they're at that early age as well um and then with when it comes to like actually writing the books like what's your writing process like do you have a routine or um i just get these little ideas and i kind of jot them down throughout the day whenever i think about them and you know i i play around with a lot of ideas so i always kind of hone in the on the one that really gets me excited and so i'll start with the subject and I have the, you know, rhythm rhyme and, and it kind of goes with like, what do I want to illustrate? Like, what do I want to draw today? So that kind of goes with the storyline too. Right. And then I suppose 
I suppose the illustration would take a, a little bit longer than the writing, but I that's just from my perspective because I imagine that the illustration, you know, you've got to do like the thumbnail sketches and all the, all the concepts and then you've actually got to draw it and then you've got to like, you know, do all the contouring and all the, you know, rendering and blah, 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 blah. But would you say like the writing process takes longer or would you say that the illustration process takes longer? When, especially when you consider that the writing process has to have, be like edited and formatted and polished and blah, blah, blah. A hundred percent. The illustrations take forever. <laughs> and it does, when you're, when you're doodling, you go back and you add more, add more, add more. And sometimes you have to get out of your head space. We're like, okay, this page is done. We'll move on to the next. And then how long does it actually take for you to write these books? How long do you normally spend on a project or does it just kind of vary? Um, it's been about averaging about a year per book. And I hope that it doesn't make anybody like, come after me because I didn't spend more time but um, I have ADD so I am always one foot in one foot out with my ideas so I just push them out push them out push them out because um, my brain's always racing with stuff yeah well I, I suppose as well you know you've you've just gotta you just scribble them down whenever you've kind of got that motivation to to do that I used to be same in that I would you know I could only really write when the motivation come to me and then that meant that like that first book took about two years <laughs> to actually get right um but then when we going off of you writing these books as well when we talk about you selecting the names of your characters do you have like a process for like selecting the names of your characters or are they just like bottom in your head um I feel like it's a little bit of both. You know, sometimes the characters have to have a certain name to be like perfect in my rhyming and for the story. Um, but a lot of times I'll come up with the characters right when I get the idea for the book and go from there. And they do, yeah, just hmm. <laughs> And I think you just sort of briefly touched upon that as well. But what would you say is the most challenging part of writing the book or illustrating the books um i feel like and i hope that you know the other writers kind of have the same insight as me but i feel like like the self-doubt of it all like doubting yourself isn't my big crutch and so i honestly feel at this point that that voice of you should give up or self-doubt is always going to be there so i've kind of tried to learn to try to ignore it and suppress that voice hmm. and that's how you you overcame that challenge and then what would you say is your favorite part of being an author oh it's when the kids have been said to me i've read your book i love your book that's like the best because you get that you know face-to-face -face verification that you're doing a good job oh that's lovely that's great and then i saw because you've, you've mentioned that you've had experience in the education um industries so was there anything that you had to research for this book or was it just sort of based off of what you had seen and experienced there while you were working? Um, honestly, my first book, I ran it by my, um, I think she was second grade at the time. So I ran it by her. And I remember when I first started writing, I was like, I should just be so educational and so like proper about this because we should be teaching kids, right? And my daughter goes, mom, they're just not going to pay attention. <laughs> so I've learned we, okay, let's put up this, the silly, let's do the silly all the way up. 
Yeah, you know, there. I think there is something to be said in that because I remember I was speaking to a children's illustrator a little while ago and she said, you know, like kids just, you know, they're, they're not going to be all that interested in, you know, the education of road safety or gardening. You know, sometimes they just want silly, absurdist humour. Um, and that's that's what kind of gets their attention. Well, um, so that's pretty sound advice from... <laughs> Well, and you know, I've noticed too, you have to, kids are very insightful and you have to trick them into learning big time. So everything has to be a fun or a game. And even in the classroom, you know, I watch teachers, they, it's always about, can we make this fun and appealing? So they're not like snooze bill. <laughs> and then I suppose I've got to ask because your children's football, but what was your favorite childhood book? Um, my favorite childhood book, um, is James and the Giant Peach. And I'm a big doll fan. Like, I just love him. I think he's amazing. Um, and I even talked to the kids at the library about him. I was like, you, have you, you don't know that he wrote Willy Wonka? Like, let me show you all these books. He's so great. I love him. <laughs> oh my God. Roald is one of the, oh my God. I've got such a, a fondness for Roald I actually found a lot of my old childhood books the other day when I was sorting through my books and I found all like you know the the Roald Dahl books like from way back when and I spent the entire day reading and I got nothing done <laughs> nothing done whatsoever <laughs> and um speaking of uh you know children's books you you also mentioned that you're really interested in elementary curriculums for reading and writing um, what would you say is something that's being handled quite well with these curriculums? And on the flip side, would you have any suggestions for improvements? Um, so it, it gets to like the, the guidelines of, of reading for children. And I think it's three elements. It's tangible, audible, and oh, okay. there's three elements that you have to kind of incorporate with learning, you know, touch things, do things, read things. And so that's kind of like a good thing to have, like, maybe we should do clay for this character, or then maybe we should do a cross puzzle for this character. And just kind of incorporate learning with the book so then they are, in fact, getting pulled into the book or trying to at least. Do you, do you kind of find that writing, does it energize you, or do you find that you... Does it kind of exhaust you afterwards? Uh, or like, do you kind of find that you have to have the final project in your hands before you can feel like energized or relieved? Um, it's just kind of an addiction, I feel, to that feeling of being excited. And I'm always wanting to write and create. And I have so many stories and projects. I feel like I just have more ideas than I do time, honestly. <laughs> It's so, that's always the way yeah but no i love the feel. love it it keeps me going i love it i love all of it i mean what you speak about you're working on new projects what kind of things can we expect from you for the future um so i have the the other book that's coming up ready for print that i want to do the curriculum with that's um ollie is a character from the grandma banana series he comes back but you know he's he's he doesn't like reading he the book's called i hate reading reading is dumb um because i hear from kids all the time I hate reading I said you don't hate reading you just haven't found the right book yet you still have to look you have to just because people love reading doesn't mean they read everything out there so it just kind of shows kiddos there's books about anything and I'm sure you'll find something you'll like yeah I do you know what I think yeah you've hit the nail on the head there I mean you know I've always loved 
reading ever since I was a kid. But when I when I was at uni, um, they always made you read things that you didn't want to read or didn't really particularly care about. And so when you have to read nothing but, you know, essays or I've got to be honest, like plays that you just did not care about because I did BA drama. Um, when I come out of uni, I'm not going to say that like my love of reading had extinguished, not by a long shot, but the passion for it had, you know, gone down a little bit. And then I just found, I remember just randomly, I just found a book called The Binding um, by, what her name is, Bridget? Something? Um, but anyway, The Binding. And it was so good that I think I started reading at 9pm and at about 4am I had to like admit defeat at, and put the book down because I was just like so engrossed with it. It just completely reignited that love of reading and it was just that that story that I mean you know the love of reading didn't go but it was it was exhausted from reading essays you know <laughs> yeah. um, and who's the author I kind of read this book <laughs> it's so good it's I think it's it's on my bookshelf behind me and I cannot <laughs> short sight so I cannot see it from but it is I can't even say what it's about about giving spoilers but it's it's just incredible. It really is. I cannot cannot stress that enough. Um, well, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like talking to an old friend when you find a really good book again. Like, oh, yes, reading. I love it. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then I'm going off of that. Do you have a get ever get readers block? Readers block, not writers block. I was going to say readers block, like um, like you just mentioned, like you said to kids that they they don't dislike reading; they just haven't found the right book yet. Like, but have you have ever had readers block where you just cannot pick that book up? A hundred percent, I have, and I really um, I feel like I read so many children's books. I probably should read an adult book now and again, um, because it's been a while, and I I feel I kind of feel guilty about it. I do because I should be nourishing myself as well but sometimes I just don't have the time but I do want to read that binding book when I read it <laughs> it's so good it's so good it's it's just I'm not a romance reader at all I just I can't get into like the romance genre properly but that book was just romance done right it was I think it was it was LGBTQA plus romance just done right. And I cannot tell you any more than that. It was just so good. It was incredible. And it wasn't like, because I know the word like the binding makes it seem like it might be NSFW, but it's it's really not. It's like so fluffy. It's so sweet. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I totally detracted from my list of questions and I was like, I've lost my place. I was like, uh, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> <laughs> okay and um yeah oh yeah and you went the uh the self-publishing route as well like what was that experience like for you um it was super intimidating it's still to this day is super intimidating um it's a little frustrating you kind of feel alone because you basically are you're doing all the work yourself um mm -hmm. and you do you do feel like a whisper in the crowd especially when you join facebook uh, self-publishing pages there are so many authors out there so many so that can be a little daunting but I just feel now with social media it's way easier to get your your word your story out there mm. 
Oh, I completely agree with you. Completely agree. I mean, you know, when I when I started up this, you know, the publishing company, it, it started because, you know, I, I found, I couldn't find a literary agent. I sent it off to one or two, so I probably did give up pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but then when I started up the publishing, it was, you know, there was no information out there. You had to, you just had to trial and error it the entire time. And unfortunately, like to get to where I was today was just to, was a lot of trial and error and just figuring things out. And there was, it was like hitting your head against a brick wall because especially if you don't know anyone in the publishing industry, you're kind of just forced to come up with solutions out of thin air. And when you don't know what kind of consequences those solutions have, it's, it's incredibly intimidating. And especially when a lot of, a lot of people in publishing, they're not small publisher friendly or independent publisher friendly you know they'll they'll say we're only work with you if you've got you know this track record or you've got like this many books published or you know it's 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 borderline impossible for small publishers to be taken seriously and that doesn't mean that we we need to give up but on on the contrary you know like i think things like this where you know, like we're we're part of both the same Facebook group. You know, like little organisations like that that seek to sort of support and help each other. You know, we are sort of making a change in the industry. Mm. I think we just got to keep going with it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of like go going off of that a little bit. Was um, what what would be the end goal for you as a writer? Like if you've overcut, like if you've got through all these challenges and uh, you know you you've you've gotten to where you want to be, what would that look like? Um, just probably to leave something behind for, you know, a little footprint of me with my family and future generations. I don't want to be like, take over the world. It would be nice. I wouldn't mind it, but that's probably not a reasonable goal. Um, but my, my children are just so proud of me. My husband is so proud of me, my community, my friends. That's like the best thing ever. And I just want, you know, generations of my family to be proud of me and leave something. Aww. Well, it sounds like you're already at your end goal then. <laughs> it sounds like they're very proud of you. Um, and then this is like, it's like, here's a question. Like, we did just speak about writer's block. Do you believe in, do you believe in writer's block? Uh, yes, I do. It's very real. Um, it comes and goes. Like, if you say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to write from like three to four. It doesn't really happen that way. It happens like. If I'm just doing something, I have to stop, sit down and write. Like when I have it, I have it. Um, but yeah, I feel like writer's block comes with a little stress and anxiety, I'm sure. Because sometimes I feel if I'm stressed or not comfortable, I can't really get anything out. Hmm. And then, I mean, do you have any advice for all this? Ah, uh, what part? Like the whole thing? <laughs> Well, anything I suppose that really comes to mind. <laughs> it's like I have a lot of advice. I've learned a lot of things. Um, I guess, you know, research and you're going to make mistakes. I made a bunch of mistakes. It's very much a learning lesson, a whole journey. Um, and just do your research. Make sure you're not getting taken advantage of it because that happens a lot. I've seen it. Um, and just, you know, have faith. Don't give up. That's really good advice, especially... I think that perhaps something that 
we've both kind of realized in the publishing industry is that the more we've looked into publishing, the more that we've realized how predatory the industry is. And it's not something that's spoken about all that much because, you know, the, you know, the big publishing houses, they need a literary agent to go through um, and they can be really competitive. And then if people can't, for whatever reason, get that literary agent, they then feel like they have to go through like hybrid publishers or they pull bits into scanners. I think this is not a whole lot of information about publishing in there. It leads to a very unsafe industry mm-hmm. and it's awful. And this is really pessimistic of me to say. I think I've said it a few times in this in this episode, not in this episode, but in previous episodes, where I sometimes wonder if maybe this lack of this really gay-kept information is a way to control authors, you know? And that lack of knowledge doesn't mean that business improves for you. It just means that you're making the industry unsafe overall. And it's 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 awful. It's awful. People are taking advantage of left, right, and center. Um, and speaking of publishing, you left a question on the form, um, and I'll just read it here. So it says, the journey of self-publishing feels so long and slow. How long does it take for a really good book to take off? Um, and that's a really good question. Um, I think it's difficult to answer as well, because there isn't really an answer. It depends on how successful the marketing campaign is and then there's so many other factors that can affect whether or not a book is selling thousands or not there could be social economic political financial uh even historical factors to consider there might be certain trends that are affecting the industry um and then there's factors like how available those books are to people and what kind of marketing and pr is being done for the book like so on and so forth um, even the most incredible gems of books might not be picked up or discovered until years after their release. Um, but then other books are snapped up the day they're out. So sometimes it's not down to the quality of your book or the quality of the effort that you put in. It can sometimes just be down to the quality of luck in the industry. And that's totally unfair and it's really not in your con- control in that case. Um, but it is worth examining those factors and seeing if that if there is something that you can pinpoint as to why the book might not be selling and then seeing if there's something that you can do about it. Um, and if you can't do something about it, maybe see if there's a way that you can work with it or around it. Um, and publishing, as we've discussed, is difficult. Like there's so little knowledge out there. So I would also advise in investing in professional help from people who have worked in this industry before um and i mean like professional not like those random scammers who claim that they're marketing experts um yeah Yeah. i've had a few of those myself (laughs) they would go like oh you know we can market your book i'm "I'm a publishing house i do the marketing (laughs) go away shoo 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 (laughs) they they market themselves very believable and it's yeah very sneaky <clears throat> mm, mm. that's the thing scammers they're like they're like viruses you can't eradicate them fully because they are constantly evolving and adapting right and you just have to keep spraying them with <laughs> antibiotics it's <laughs> like <laughs> why well and you know um, oh go ahead sorry oh no 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 sorry I, I, the only thing i was just gonna say with that was um readsy is a really good website for professional people who specialize in book marketing who can do consultations so and they're not okay they're not the cheapest but they're also not 
going to break the bank at the same time. Like there's one hour consultation with somebody on there who's like, uh, I think it's $140, which isn't the cheapest option if I'm honest, but it's also considering that she works like 20 years at HarperCollins, specifically in the marketing department. And then it's like, oh yeah, but then, then you can kind of see where yeah. it might start to pay off a little bit, a little bit further down the line. Yeah. Super worth the money uh, for that knowledge. I agree. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then the only other thing I would suggest as well is going to independent bookshops and asking if you can stock your book there um, and asking if not, then if maybe you could just do some author signings or, you know, um, book launches, if you mention that, they might be a little bit more tempted to stock the book. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And just keep trying to get as many reviews as, as humanly possible. Book Siren is a great place for people to review your book free. I'm not affiliated with any of these places, by the way, just just in case people are like, are you being paid? No, I'm not. I've just been on the internet a long time. Um, nope, so that's, that's where that's I would suggest to start. I've never even heard of Book Siren, so I'm going to totally check it out. Um, it, yeah, exactly. When I do school visits and talk to the kiddos about my process, I even say, and I hope I don't get it wrong, but was it five years it took for J.K. Rawlings to be found? Like she wrote it? Something like that. Five. So I was like, that's a daunting time. And that's just like amazing. And it's taken off and it's everywhere. I don't know if um, Ellie Griffiths is over in America, like if you guys have her in America, but she was like, she's a big author over here. And she said that she wrote books for five years as well before they started getting recognized. It seems to be. Maybe it's five <laughs> Maybe it's the five years that it takes for a good book to take off. <laughs> <laughs> yes i think that is uh all the questions that i i had so well well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast sabrina um where can people find you if they want to find out more about you um i am on tiktok shop and facebook marketplace under grandma bananas pet pachyderm books all my sorry one more thing <laughs> I forgot. I oh go for it go for it go for it <laughs> i have a website grandmabanana.com too as well Perfect. Great. Um, <laughs> um, and that's it for this week's Roma Reads Publishing Podcast. Uh, tune in next week for another eye-opening interview. Want to be interviewed, have thoughts about the show? Reach out at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Roma Reads Publishing and let us know. That's it from us. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>